When people think about Christianity nowadays, there is a tendency in the culture to describe it in a sort of flowery language, which unfortunately evokes memories from the 70s rather than something which has endured for the previous 2,000 years. Now, whatever their answers may be when asked the question, what do you think of Christianity, the majority of the responses in some fashion will be centered on love. Some will say that Christianity is only about love of rules, perhaps, or that it's essentially about love towards your neighbor, or maybe love of feeling good, or maybe it's just around to give people an excuse to help those in need. Everything in Christianity is centered on love in their responses. And in some respect, this is good. It truly is all about love. Christianity is built is a religion which is built on the premise of love. If love isn't a part of the equation, then frankly, it's not Christianity. So when individuals give their impressions of Christianity, or for our case, Catholicism, and they say, just love everyone, they're getting it right, on the surface anyways. The words they're saying are, in fact, correct. We heard this morning Christ tell us specifically with complete clarity to love one another. This is my new commandment. This is what people latch on to when they give their perception of the Christian faith. It is about love. Christ tells us so. However, all that being said, this phrase to love one another is taken entirely out of its context. And what people mean by love is entirely different than when Christ envisioned when he gave us this new commandment. When the modern individual hears about the word love, as I mentioned, it evokes feelings re reminiscent of the 60s and 70s. It brings to mind these warm and happy emotions, or perhaps reminds people of those corny valentines we all used to give her out around Valentine's Day in grade school. To the modern ear, love could be a sappy word, or it could be one which tells about warmth of closeness, which makes the individuals who share that connection feel wonderful. Now, like I said, this is all well and good, and it has its proper place, but this is not the love that Christ is talking about. This is not the love upon which Christianity is built. When Christ commands us to go and love one another, the statement doesn't end there, as most people think. Christ goes on in the very next sentence to say, As I have loved you, so you also should love one another. This then begs the question, how did Christ love us, and what should our model for that love be? That, the crucifix, should be our model. That is our model for love. That is the new commandment. The crucifix is that sign of contradiction. While on one side it is a sign of the horrors of humanity, a sign of how evil we humans can be, but on the other side it is truly the sign of love, of how much God cares for us and will go to bring us closer to him. It is that sign of what it means to love another person. And that in the crucifix is where we find our inspiration for love and how we are to love our neighbors as Christ did. So how did he love us? He loved us by pouring out his life entirely for our well-being, of never stopping and trying to bring us closer to him, 
because he knew that this was the only way in which we'd be freed from our pain and from our suffering and be with him for eternity with him in heaven. When Christ says, love one another as I have loved you, this is what he means. He means love everyone until it hurts and then love some more. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. This can be extremely difficult to do. As is painfully obvious to all of us at one point or another, people can be annoying and get on our nerves. And the, and the idea of loving them this way, which Christ commands us, can be terrifying. And sometimes, depending on the person, it can even be repulsive. Yet when we view others with the eyes of love with which Christ looks at us, then we start to see others as individuals who are beloved by God, who are his children with all their brokenness, and they too are individuals that Christ poured out his life. It can help us change our perspective and give us that impetus to look beyond ourselves and truly strive to work towards another's good. Now, in my personal opinion, the best way to do this is to pray for the other individual that's driving you nuts. Pray for them when they're driving you nuts and even when they're not. Just constantly pray for them. And it could be just a simple prayer like, Christ, I cannot stand this person right now, but I want to love them because I love you and I know that you love them. And so help me desire what's best for this person. Simply disposing yourself towards loving them in prayer can help change your entire perspective on their worth and their dignity and really help you see what's best for them and want what's best for them. Then, through the process of opening up yourself to the love of neighbor as Christ commands us, we will be truly recognized as being a disciple of Christ. That's what he tells us today in the gospel. He says that by loving another person in this way of giving yourself entirely to them, whether or not you like them or not, by constantly giving yourself to that person, that shows the love that Christ has. And that is what it truly means to be a disciple. That's how they know that you will follow Christ, because they will see the love that Christ had for humanity in your love for another individual. This is the love that Christianity is built upon and gives witness to. And like I said, this is how we are truly disciples and how we testify to our faith in a broken world. Our brothers and sisters throughout this world are starving for love. They're starving to know that somebody truly cares about them and finds meaning in their existence. I mean, look at Blessed Mother Teresa. This is her entire M.O., this is what her life's work was built upon. It was simply looking at another individual who was dying, looking at them with the eyes that, that Christ looked at them with, of seeing worth in their existence and showing them that they too have meaning, that their life has not been forgotten. This is that love that Christ calls us to. We are called to be witness to that love, to be witness to the love that Christ had for all of humanity when he poured out his life for us on the cross nearly 2,000 years ago. 
And I just want to take this opportunity as well. This is my last weekend in the parish. After this weekend, I've got about two weeks left in uh, the area. Then I'm going to move back to Nebraska and finish out my last week and a half before priesthood ordinations. And so I just want to take this opportunity to express my deep appreciation and gratitude towards everything that everyone in this parish has done for me, in a particular way towards Father Pollard and Father Cena. Um, and like I said, just all the parishioners, especially those ones that I've grown particularly close to, it's been a phenomenal experience, and it's really helped me grow in anticipation for the priesthood. So when May 28th comes around, make sure you say a prayer for me, because I'll be ordained a priest on May 28th. So uh, yeah, I just want to express my gratitude, and thank you so much for everything. And like I said, please keep me in your prayers, and I will be sure to keep you in my prayers as well.